Welcome to Sunday School, a conversation on pleasure, intimacy, bodies, and the continuous process of growth from two people who grew up in a conservative culture like Salt Lake City, Utah. We started this conversation together and with you because we found that healing happens when you process in community. So by sharing our stories and journeys, we hope that it will create some space for you and your expansion into the magical, beautiful, full human that you are and are becoming. I'm one of your hosts, Mac Harvey. I use she, her pronouns. And I'm your other host, Britt Pham, and I use she, they pronouns. So as we get started, we want to invite you to take a deep, delicious breath with us, just to get grounded in the conversation. So wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, take a moment to find some slowness, maybe even some stillness. And on the count of three, exhale everything you want to release with an S-H. One, two, three. Take an inhale through your nose all the way down to your belly. Let the air fill up into your chest, up into your heart. Hold it and release with a sound. (sighs) Let's get into it. So y'all heard in our first episode a bit about who we are and where we're coming from. And And if you didn't, go listen right now. It's only 15 minutes. It's really quick. Yeah, come on. (laughs) We do want to take a minute to tell you a little bit more about the story of this podcast and how we got here to Sunday school. It all started one (laughs) magical day. We were sitting on 9th and 9th having coffee. I was having an iced matcha with oat milk because I'm a millennial. And I think (laughs) I'm pretty sure I was also having like iced cold brew with lavender and oat milk (laughs) some turmeric and um one of us was like we should start a podcast and the other was like we should totally start a podcast like every fucking person in their 20s (laughs) everyone in their dog has one but really what prompted that conversation like before we were like we should start a podcast was i mean it was just one of those days that we were hanging out and uh having one of our deep talks as we do because both of us were going through these pretty intense breakups. Through processing these breakups, we were also reconnecting with our sexuality, our bodies, our identities. And I think it was really healing to go through it together, to just not feel so alone and to also put language to feelings by processing out loud or hearing you say something Mm -hmm. that I had been feeling and just didn't quite have words for, you know? And we wanted to put that on record and see where this conversation could go and how we could maybe grow a community around a conversation like this. Yeah, it was so helpful to like talk about all these things together with another person who was experiencing very similar things. I had gotten out of a very, very toxic yet awakening relationship. <laughs> I, I dated this man. We dated for about two and a half years. It was my longest relationship to date. And 
as toxic and mentally damaging as it was, it, it took so much for me to leave because change is fucking scary. And I ended up staying for longer than I should have in that environment that didn't make me happy. It didn't fulfill me. Um, I stayed out of fear of being alone. And you know what? I was fucking brave for leaving. It was probably like the scariest, biggest decision I've ever made. And I'll tell you guys, the second I ended things, I was feeling terrified because I knew I was about to be alone. But this wave of relief just washed over me and I knew it was the right decision because being alone is better than being with the wrong person. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was fucking scary, but it was the best decision I've ever made. And I'm so happy I did it. And this breakup really made me aware of how I have been going about all my past relationships I've been going about them very mindlessly. I think I gave in to my need to be wanted by another person rather than actually being with the person because I actually genuinely like them. I just wanted to be wanted, which is a valid thing, but it shouldn't be the deciding factor in why you get into a relationship, you know? Yeah, I really resonate with that. My relationship prior to starting this project with you was also two and a half years long, also the longest relationship I'd ever been in. And you truly got me through that breakup because I too was just so afraid of leaving. And I didn't even see that fear until I was out. And I look back now and I'm just like, wow, I was so fucking afraid of being alone. I was afraid of quote unquote, giving up on all this work that I'd put in. And the minute I called you and was like, I think I need to leave this relationship, I felt that wave of relief that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I think that both of us share this common thread in our dating lives of just wanting to be wanted and wanting to be with somebody because that's kind of the culture we grew up in, Mm -hmm. seeing all these people in relationships from such a young age, getting married at such a young age, because that's just what you do in Salt Lake City, Utah. (laughs) You find your person at 18 and then you go on a mission and then you come back and get married and have three kids and a house and a dog by the time you're like 23. And I have realized coming out of this relationship that that's not what I want. And looking back on all the, the relationships I've engaged in, I'm like, what did I even want? And I don't think I knew. And so it's been really cool to chat with you in our personal lives and on this fucking podcast in public in front of all these people about discovering what it is that we actually want. And sometimes you don't know and it's hard to say, I don't know, but that's what we're here to do is figure it out together. Fuck yeah, we are. Should we move into weekly updates? Heck yeah. Fuck yeah. We can swear because we're not Mormon. We're explicit. (laughs) I went out this weekend and um, (laughs) I had a date. I saw so many beautiful people and I danced a lot. My whole body hurts right now. (laughs) So, okay. Where do I, where do I start? Well, I had a date on Saturday. Um, I'm currently on the apps. I have this really complicated relationship with 
apps where mm-hmm. I like delete it and then I get back on because I'm a horny bitch and then I delete them again because <laughs> they make me sad for humanity. <laughs> yes. But I'm currently on and I matched with this cutie pie. We're just going to call him Tinder Bay. And he immediately just like had this really cute personality and we had a good conversation and I was like, we should like get coffee or drink, you know? And so we ended up having coffee on Saturday and we, well, first he was 30 minutes late. I hate when people are late. Well, and that's like a big, that's a big window to be late. Like 30 minutes. Did he have a good excuse at least? Not really. So he was at a wedding the day before. So he woke up and he texted me and he was like, I'll be on time, but I feel really hungover. And I was like, okay. And then like around the time of our day, he was like, I'm just kidding. I'll be like 15 minutes late. I'm so sorry. And I was like, that's fine. Stupid me. I was like, me too. I'll be a little late. And then I was like, no, I won't. I'm always on time. (laughs) You're never late. You're like the most punctual person I know. So I I got there four minutes before the time we were supposed to meet. And I texted him. I was like, just kidding. I'm right on time. Angel and Moji. And he was like, well, my Uber is taking a long time. And I was like, you took an Uber on Saturday. Of course you're going to be late. And I just like walked around and there was a point where I was like, maybe I should just leave his ass. Like I should just go. But he, he ended up arriving and I was like, okay, it's fine. Then um, we walked to the coffee shop and we actually ended up having like a really nice conversation. We sat outside and it like started raining at one point. And he was like, are you, what, do you want to just like sit here? And I was like, yeah, it's really nice because it was like the kind of rain where like the sun's also shining and we just got really wet and it was really romantic and he was very touchy. So he's like touching my leg and holding my hand and I'm very easily distracted. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, okay, like give me a second to catch my train of thought because I just forgot what I was saying. And I really just focused on enjoying the pleasure of being touched and like receiving and not having to worry about like, oh, am I supposed to like rub your hand back? Like it used to just stress me out touching people but I've really been practicing just like enjoying touch for the sake of touch Mm -hmm. even with friends and stuff these days and because I'm a cancer it takes me a while to open up to people so I think the conversation like took maybe like 45 minutes to like really start flowing and then we really like bonded over some children of immigrant experiences and we hung out for like four hours there was a point where I was like well I'm just waiting for my friend to get home but like if you need to leave like you should leave and he was like no I'll just hang out and I was like oh okay (laughs) <laughs> and we made out a little, had, had some makeout sessions, yes. um, and we might be going out again tonight. Yes. Yeah. Love, love this for you. Yeah. So I had a really great weekend, and I danced a lot, and my knees hurt. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That just makes me so happy for you. And I'm just so happy to hear that it's been a positive experience. And when you first sent me this Tinder Bay's bio, and like, oh, by the way, I have a date. I've always been this way with you and like a lot of my close friends, but you get that like maternal stress. And so immediately I was like, he better be good to you and he better treat you right. And please be safe. (laughs) When I knew you were getting ready and going out, I was just like, he better treat her right. And I'm so glad that it was good and it was positive and just go get it. Thank you. You know, I have been truly reveling in friendship and friend support kind of coming out of this breakup and getting back on the dating scene. I mean, it was my first, first date in over three years. And I I was so nervous. I had nervous shits that morning. (laughs) Yeah. 
and I changed my outfit like three times. Did you end up going with jeans and the backless? Yeah, yeah. I wore the backless leotard with ripped jeans and a belt. Mm. And I was super comfy. Spicy. And and spicy. But (laughs) I have such amazing friends like you and my other close friends here who are constantly like, that person's so lucky to be going out with you. Like my friend just sent me this Instagram post actually with this quote that said, if I'm a lot, go find less. And I just really appreciate my friends. Before my most recent relationship, I was very much in this spiral, really influenced by growing up in Utah, where I was always trying to find somebody to be with. I was always trying to be in a relationship. And I have this pattern of like being really in love or yearning for somebody that I have a huge crush on and just like not doing anything about it. And I think in the past few months, I've been really contending with like the fact that I've never really taken like direct action into my relationships. I'm, I've never really been like a forward person. And so I've been really enjoying like being on the apps and just being really bold and saying what I want or ignoring somebody if they're being shitty and feeling okay with it. And it's been really helpful to have friends like you to just remind me that like I'm a hot bitch and I deserve nothing less than to be cherished and valued and to feel cared for and to feel like someone really does enjoy essentially touching my hand and my leg while we're having a perfectly normal conversation in broad daylight. Mm. It's It's been really nice to like revel in the feeling of just receiving pleasure because I have a very hard time believing when someone tells me like they love me or that I'm hot or something. And it's a real practice to receive Mm. love and pleasure. Yes. It's like the eternal struggle. I I resonate with a lot of, of what you said. If I was single, I was all about who can I get to like me? Who, who can I have a crush on? What's my next target? And I, I said this earlier, like that's where I sought out my validation. I don't even think I knew I was doing that, but looking back, that's where I found it because I just didn't spend productive time alone with myself. (laughs) An example of something I recently did that I've never done before, but I really loved was several nights ago, I was like a little bit wine drunk by myself, just like enjoying my evening And I got these new high-waisted swimsuit bottoms that are like kind of high cut on the thigh. And I was just like wearing them around my room. Yeah. And I took like, I took kind of a sexy pic. And then like, I'm the same with the dating apps. I have them and then I delete them because I get sick of them and I get overwhelmed. And then I get a little drunk and horny and I re-download them. But I didn't have them at this time. And so I texted Um, another girlfriend of mine and I said hey I just took a sexy pic can I send it to you yes send nudes to your friends and that's how you know you have a good friend it was just like hey I just I'm feeling myself can you just hype me up here and she totally did she was like oh my god like the shape of your thighs and the way you're posed and like the background is so perfect and your hair looks great (laughs) like I want to receive this photo I'm offended I I didn't oh okay I girl I will send it to you (laughs) and so yeah it was um it was very rewarding take pics for yourself show them to your friends I I don't remember if we've talked about this but I just Mm -hmm. discovered the hide photo option on 
the iPhone. Mm -hmm. And so I too have been practicing like whenever I just feel really hot, I'll just take photos. And then I have this nice hidden folder of hot photos of myself to look at when I need a confidence boost. And also in case I ever do want to send it to a babe. (laughs) I just sent you the one I was talking about. Yes. Oh my God. You look so hot. The facial expression. It's like, oh, me? You caught me unexpected. I just woke up from a nap. Um, no, no touchy, just admire. I love it. Oh, thank you. Let's go to church, y'all. So we're visiting the two questions first love and what relationship changed you the most. So my first love was with my college boyfriend. We'll just call him the musician. And I I was so in love with him. And I think that like it was just my first time away from home and navigating college together and, you know, having very ambitious dreams for our careers together. And it was a really complicated relationship in some ways because he wanted to have an open relationship at the at the beginning. And I don't think that either of us knew what that really meant at the time. And so I, being just fresh out of Utah, was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. I'm chill. (laughs) And it was not okay. I was not okay with it. We had never had a conversation around what our boundaries were and what the open relationship meant for us. And so I was just constantly wondering, like, are you out bucking somebody else when you're not with me? And I remember I had a huge meltdown probably like halfway through the relationship where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so we decided to close the relationship. But I think that I just loved him so much because it was honestly like the first time I'd really like sexually connected with somebody. I felt very safe with him physically. And so it was just like a very young, fast, intense romance. And I've come to peace with it over the years, but I still harbor a lot of hurt around the way that it it ended. Um, and I think that we've both just become very different people at this point, And it was so long ago. So that was my first love. And then I think the relationship that changed me the most was this most recent relationship, which is a huge factor in how we created Sunday School. Um, I was with this person for almost three years and we met at a sex club in New York City, very New York experience. And I think it was really different in a lot of ways, especially with how it started. It started when we crossed paths in the bathroom. And then he said, hey, I think you're really beautiful. Can I ask you out for dinner? And I was like, yeah, sure. And at the time, I wasn't looking for anything. I just like was truly out being like hot and single at the time. His next question was like, okay, great. Do you want to make out a little? And I was like, yeah. It was the first time someone had really like asked for my consent and like was really forward and it was really sexy. And like afterwards, he made all the plans for the date and our reservation and for the most part, the relationship was incredibly healing. I felt very safe with him. He is an incredible human who I still love very deeply. We have a great friendship still, and I'm very grateful for that. And I think it changed me the most because it was so healing because one of the things that I am currently dealing with is how the way that I present as an Asian femme affects the way the world interacts with me and how I interact with the world. So I'm starting to kind of realize that, you know, I've never been the person that like flirts at the bar and I don't really get like picked up out and about. And I 
over the years, even like in high school, notice like, okay, this person that I think is kind of cute, is not talking to me, but they're talking to like my pretty white friend. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, is it because I'm Asian? And they're just like not into Asians. But then if someone does talk to me again in the back of my mind, it's like, is it because I'm Asian? (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that most of my life I've dated white men who have a track record of dating Asian or women of color. It's always been subtly in the back of my mind and it's only become very conscious recently. And I think it's affected a lot of the ways that I'm able to receive love. And with this most recent relationship, I never had that feeling because he was half Asian and also has like dated a very broad variety of people. So I think we had a lot more shared lived experiences and it was just really healing to like be there. And so the relationship ended because we just weren't on the same page with our lives anymore. And it's the first relationship that ended amicably that I've stayed friends with an ex with. I think that just shifted a lot for me in terms of the possibilities that I can see for myself. It's no longer this black and white thing of I date somebody and then we break up and we never talk again. Like, I think there are just like so much more, so many more options for me now because I've experienced what that can look and feel like. And I'm really grateful for that. But also, you know, there were a lot of things that I, I do need to heal from, from that relationship in terms of sexuality. Like it was pretty sexless towards the end of the relationship. And I think I'm starting to deal with the fact that like, I lost some faith and confidence in myself as like a sexual hot person that's worthy of being cherished and cared for and really loved in like the sexual context. Thank you so much for sharing all that, being vulnerable. Thank you. Thanks for receiving. What was your first love and your relationship that changed you the most? Oh boy. I would say my first love was with my college boyfriend. I got out of the, you know, high school into college relationship my freshman year with, um, we'll call him Mormon boy, which that's a whole story we'll get into. After breaking up with him, my freshman year, I was single for about a year. Like it was the beginning of my sophomore year of college that I met this boy. We will call him helicopter boy because in college he was studying to be a helicopter pilot. That was a big part of it. And he's still doing that. Always thought that was just so cool and sexy. And he was very tall and lanky, which is what I like. And I just fell so in love with him. And the interesting part of that is we dated for about two years. It was also the first amicable breakup that I've ever been in, um, ever experienced because, you know, even the whole two years that we were dating, we knew that it wasn't going to be forever because he is just not the type of person he was not ready to settle down. I think he's like six years older than me. So he was like 25, 26 at the time. And when we met, I was 19 going on 20. And so he would buy alcohol for me because he was my hot of age boyfriend who would drive my car to the liquor store and get me and my friends alcohol. And he was just so cool. And so, yeah, in the two years that we dated, we always knew there was going to be an end date because I was in no way like looking to just like find my husband at that time. He made it very clear like 
hey, I just really enjoy spending time with you. I'm not really thinking about like long-term future stuff because I will be leaving. I don't plan to stay here. And I was, you know, like in college, I was just figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. Still am. And, uh, and so we always knew there'd be an end date. Uh, and it was two years later when he got a job working out of the country. He moved to Kuwait and he didn't know how long he was going to be there for. And so we just amicably broke up. The, phone, the one and only time we ever told each other that we loved each other was the day I dropped him off at the airport to fly to Kuwait. And I just cried and we cried in each other's arms. And I said, I was so afraid to say it to him. I had never been the one to say it first. And so I said, hey, I have to tell you before you leave, but I love you so much and I'll always love you. And he said this, he said it back to me. He said, yes, of course I love you too. And it was a very beautiful moment. And it, it's so interesting to me that that comes up as my first love because I think I always did love him. Um, I just was so obsessed with him because <laughs> he was just tall, dark, and handsome. And I loved our relationship. I loved how our relationship looked to other people. Everyone said we were just this cool, hip couple. And, and I was like, fuck yeah, we are. We're so cool. I mean, we still have a relationship to this day. We're good friends. And he will always just be a special person that happened into my life. And I hope we can stay friends forever. We should call him and, tall, dark, and handsome. Oh yeah. My tall, dark, and handsome. Mm, thanks for sharing that. Something that is a common thread between both of our shares is that our definition of love changes over time. Mm. And it seems like the healthiest relationships for both of us have been ones in which we kind of break the norm of what we have been taught growing up in Utah of like what love and relationships are supposed to look like. And I always really loved your relationship with Tall, Dark, and Handsome <laughs> because you two have always been so clear with each other about where you're at in your lives and what you want out of your relationship together. And I have a lot of like admiration for that, honestly, because I find it really hard to have those conversations and to just say like, hey, I want to be in a relationship or hey, I don't want to be. And most of the time it's because like I don't even know myself. <laughs> Mm. And I have a really hard time saying, I don't know. And I really admire that in, in your both of your, your friendship, I guess, is what we'll call yeah. it. And I'm just curious, like, over the years with the shifting definition of love, how do you define love? Right now? Oh, man. I have, like, no idea. I, I think I'm having a hard time answering that now because – I don't even know what type of relationships I want in the future. And I think I'll, I'll take this question and segue into what relationship has changed me the most was this most recent relationship that I was in. It was like two and a half years. It's been my longest relationship to date. We will call him the handyman because he was a handyman. We met working as ski instructors. After I graduated from college, I moved back up to Salt Lake, got a job ski instructing, met him on New Year's Eve, went home with him. It was supposed to be a one night stand. And then we just kind of ended up hanging out and skiing together. And and that goes back to me just like not really consciously thinking about what I want and why I'm getting into this relationship. I moved in with him. We got two dogs together. We traveled together, worked together. We did the big three. 
I do not recommend all of them unless you're really perfectly compatible. <laughs> if it works for you, great. <laughs> and in the end, we just were not compatible. And I found myself just staying in it out of comfortability instead of actual genuine love. And that is not sustainable. And then I just felt so much guilt when it came towards the end of like, oh my god, I've invested so much into this relationship. We live together. So much of my stuff is here. I kept hoping that we would change and we would find the thing to just fix it. Anytime I would bring up something and say, hey, something needs to change or else we need to have a bigger conversation. Then he would turn it on me and say things like, oh, you're just giving up like everything we've put in. You're just going to throw this all away. Yeah. And it implants in your head as like, oh, am I just giving up? Like, am I being weak and just letting go of all this? And sometimes you're not. <laughs> sometimes it's just not right. And you can put as much work into it, but it still just won't be the right person. I feel like both of these relationships were also the first relationships that we broke up with the other person. Mm. Right? It was your first time breaking up with Yeah, it was my first time, like, dumping somebody. Yeah, and it was fucking hard. Um, Oh, so hard. It's never – breakups are never easy, and I called you, and I was going to break up with my my ex, and I remember you telling me that I was saying things that you thought to yourself all the time, and that's how I knew that it was time for me to leave. Kind of hearing you talk about kind of the extremes of your relationship and then the way that he'd sort of weaponize the like, we've worked so hard for this, you're just going to give up. I feel like that definitely comes from this glorification of really toxic relationships in, yeah. in media and in culture. We talk about like, you know, growing up on Twilight and, <laughs> and just like these really intense romantic relationships that are actually like in reality very toxic. I think yeah. the biggest thing that changed for me leaving my relationship was understanding that relationships should don't have to be as hard as they have been in the past for me, especially as this one was. Every single day is a choice to be with that person. I think I intellectually understood that I can make a choice to leave anytime. I, in fact, told him to his face sometimes. I was like, I make a choice to be with you every day. (laughs) But, you know, actually making the choice to leave is really fucking hard because everything around us tells us, well, relationships are work and, like, this is just what it's like and this is, like, what things are like. And it's like, no, you – we deserve to feel good. And, of course, there are going to be hard points, but I never want to be in a relationship again where I feel – gaslit for feeling feelings or where I feel, you know, just invalidated or alone in the process of trying to figure out a way to feel good. I feel like my recent ex, he never really like made me feel guilty for feeling my feelings, but I felt very alone because I'd bring it up to him and I'd be like, hey, I feel this way. And he'd receive it, but there wasn't like much movement to like fix it afterwards yeah (laughs) and so I just I just like ended up not feeling like a partnership which is a bummer and I feel like with your handyman he would just like gaslight you oh yeah that's where um I I learned what the term gaslighting was (laughs) from this relationship and man even talking about it now I, I can feel myself holding back because I know for a fact that a lot of um, our lovely audience who will be listening. Our congregation. Um, a lot of them know him. I am not out to ruin this person's life. 
I genuinely wish him a happy life. I just don't want it to have anything to do with me. But with that being said, at least I was trying to communicate my needs and then I would feel invalidated and crazy and like I was overreacting and that made me feel so insane. And and I just want to say to anybody listening, your gut feeling and like your immediate reaction to something is valid and sometimes you need to just trust your gut. I, I think a lot of people can relate to like, I was thinking all these things about my handyman and when I knew it wasn't what I wanted, but I wasn't ready to leave. I didn't feel as though I could talk to anybody about it because I felt so much shame and I felt embarrassed that if I, you know, say I came to you, Brit, and was like, oh, I hate all these things about my boyfriend. I'm so miserable. But then I just ended up staying. I didn't like what that said about me. You know, I felt like I was weak. But, you know, I left when I was ready and I've stopped feeling shame about it. I feel more connected to myself than ever. And then it was also, I think, a a beautiful moment in uh, your and I's friendship. When you called me that night, I still remember it, and started telling me all these things that I just remember thinking the exact same thing. We had so many parallels, and it felt so good to go through it with someone yeah. that was feeling the same thing. Yeah, um, same. I... Uh... I'm really emotional listening to this again and kind of reliving it with you because I remember too, throughout the course of your relationship, you and I were not as close. We grew apart. Mm -hmm. It was actually the week before I was set to move out of my apartment in New York City and move back to Salt Lake City. You shared with me that you were thinking of breaking up with him and that's one of the things that brought us closer together, which I'm really grateful for because I am here for you always and- I I don't think that anybody has the right to judge anyone about the end of a relationship because it's so fucking hard to leave. And, you know, from my relationship, I knew for pretty much a year that I don't I didn't think it was something I could do anymore. I do still have moments sometimes where I'm like, damn, I wish I didn't stay so long. Or like, you know, I, I have a friend now who's in a very similar position that I was in and I'm listening to them share with me about this relationship. But I'm just like, oh my God, is this what I sounded like to my friends? And I think the guilt is totally normal, but you sometimes like, I think you have to feel it and go through that whole process to really like learn what there, what there is to learn from that experience. And I think the fact that one of the biggest things holding me back from leaving the relationship was worrying if he was going to be okay was a sign in of itself that it was time to go. And I remember reading a passage of this book sobbing because I was like, fuck. Like the, the passage was about the author about to break up with her partner of like years and the things that were going through her head. And I just remember sobbing and that's when I texted you and I was like, I need to talk. Yeah, And I called you later that night and you talked me through it. And then I broke up with him two days later. And I don't think I would have done that without you, if I'm being honest. I feel the same way. It's just so important to have those people around you that will just listen and, you know, send you nothing but love and support uh, because it is hard. It's hard to leave. And so, yeah, just uh, anybody who's going through anything like that, we are here for you. 
we send you strength and love and everything will be okay. Oh, I feel like I just dumped a bunch of shit off my chest. <laughs> I feel like I can take a deep breath. <laughs> All right. We, we talked about some intense shit. So again, <laughs> wherever you are, however you're listening, just take a moment to find some safety in your surroundings and go ahead and exhale everything you want to release. Inhale gratitude. Hold it. And exhale. We love you. Mm-hmm. All right, let's wrap it up with our Sunday school assignments of the week. I think we need to normalize taking yourself on a date. I have been guilty of this where I'm like very in- afraid and almost like embarrassed to like be like sitting alone at a restaurant by myself, but. I've recently gotten a lot more comfortable like taking myself to a movie. Yeah, take yourself on a date, like designate a day or even half of a day where you just spend time with you. That's that's my assignment. I love that. I'm such a fan of solo dates. I actually ended up at a bar the other day because I really needed to charge my phone in between events. So I went into this bar and I asked them if I could charge my phone and I got a nice tea. And um, I didn't have anything to do. I didn't even have, even have my book with me. So I just like sat there and like stared around. And mm. I may have in the past felt uncomfortable with it. But these days I've just been really enjoying not doing anything, like not listening to music while I'm on the train and just like observing and breathing. And I found that it really allows my brain some space to think and like process things that I usually try to like bury under work or productivity or being busy. I'd be interested to hear if anyone takes themselves on a solo date, if they have any breakthroughs or any cool like reflections from spending that time by themselves. Let us know on Instagram. I have two two invitations as an assignment this week. First, in the vein of what we were speaking about earlier, take a hot photo of yourself for no reason other than just to enjoy your hotness. It doesn't even have to be naked. Like dress up in something that makes you feel super good and like Mm -hmm. move your body in a way that feels really good and take a photo or a video and uh, let us know how you feel about that. And then my second invitation is to send a friend or someone you love a love letter, like a nice text or a handwritten postcard and really give gratitude for the people in your life that get you through shit breakups oh amen i love it all right that's our episode for the week drink water we love you amen amen sunday school was created by me Britt fam and me mac harvey our theme music is composed and created by caleb spaulding The music you hear during our grounding breath are crystal singing bowls composed and played by Jackie Cantwell. This episode was edited by Danielle Costa. You can find us on Instagram at sunday.school. School is spelled S-X-H-O-O-L. Did we miss anything? No, I don't think so. I feel complete. Me too. I feel complete. Mwah. (laughs) 